Welcome, and thank you for listening to Trekker Talk, a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of Trekker by writer and artist Ron Randall. I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren, and this is a fan podcast. We're not affiliated with Ron Randall, and the opinions expressed are just ours. We do this podcast simply because we enjoy reading and talking about Trekker and any of Ron Randall's other comics. Please consider visiting trekkercomic.com. That's Ron Randall's official site dedicated to Mercy St. Clair. It features an archive of great Trekker material so that you can sample the stories, and we're sure they'll make anyone a fan of the series. And in addition, there's a new page of Mercy's Adventures every Monday. While you're checking out the latest page, you'll also find links to all of the ways to follow Ron Randall on social media, including Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. TrekkerComic.com also has a link to his Patreon page, where it is easy to donate and help support the brand new Trekker material if you'd like. For a small monthly donation, you get an early look at each week's page, along with a terrific behind-the-scenes look at the development of the page. In this episode, we're covering Chapel Town, which is a double-length story originally published on the Trekker Comic website and then collected with additional pages into the Chapel Town trade paperback in 2018, which was the first collection published through Ron Randall's first Kickstarter. So it's entirely thanks to Trekker fans that we have this book and other collections that Ron has been able to publish through Kickstarter campaigns. We hope everyone has picked up the book, because we don't want to spoil the story for anyone. If you missed out on the Kickstarter, you can still pick up a copy of the book through Ron Randall's Etsy store, and we'll include a link to that in our show notes. For those of you who participated in the latest Trekker Kickstarter, we're sure everyone is excited to know that Hunter's Moon is now at the printer. We'll all have a brand new Trekker book in our hands very soon. In addition, Ron has been showing off the cute enamel pins that were also part of that campaign. He has now received the cute little pin featuring everyone's favorite domesticated fox scuff by Kalia Miskell, as well as the pin featuring the image of Mercy St. Clair done by Giancarlo Bernal. If you like that super cute Mercy St. Clair pin, you should check out his fun and creepy Crescent City Monster series that was a successful Kickstarter campaign. Ron's also been featuring some of the excellent commissions he's been working on that were part of the Kickstarter campaign. So lots of exciting stuff is going on in the world of Trekker right now. We also enjoy hearing from other Trekker fans, and we know the podcast is more fun for everyone when we include your comments. So please take a moment and write in and let us know your thoughts. You could share your Trekker origin story, or just let us know what you like most about the series or the characters. Just listen for our email address and other ways to contact us at the end of the episode. Trekker Talk is part of the Rad Adventures Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please consider checking out our other podcasts that are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. Warlord Worlds is devoted to the comic creations of writer and artist Mike Grill, including The Warlord, John Sable, Green Arrow, and more. And Xenozoic Xenophiles covers the post-apocalyptic adventure series Xenozoic Tales, featuring Cadillacs and Dinosaurs by writer and artist Mark Schultz. Ron Randall, Mark Schultz, and Mike Grell are our favorite comic creators. Their stories are always filled with adventure and interesting characters, and their art is excellent. We hope you'll try out our other shows, and you'll find links to those podcasts in our show notes. But now, it's time for Trekker, right after this promo for another podcast you might enjoy. I'm Paul. And I'm Mike. We do Waiting for Doom, the Doom Patrol podcast, and we also do DCOCD, the DC Events podcast. And now we're doing another podcast called The Gary Show. People have asked us what The Gary Show is all about. It's about two friends talking. 
It's about mutual understanding. I don't agree. It's about our lives. It's about mistakes. It's about being real. But mostly, it's about 64 minutes. Paul. The Gary Show, now on the Waiting for Doom podcast feed. Chapel Town. Story, art, colors, and letters by Ron Randall. Color assist by Caitlin Like. Collection cover colors by Jeremy Colwell. Editor, Shauna Gore. Our story opens on the planet Skane with Jekka and Wisu, who we met in the book Rites of Passage, wondering what their friend Mercy St. Clair might be up to. Next, we are at the planet Nathul, the council seat of the Confederated Planets. The Council is reviewing reports that the Rigel Group and a bounty hunter from Earth were part of the uprising that removed the leader the Council had installed and reinstated the rightful voice of Skane. The Council is not pleased because that planet is rich in resources they need. Rigel has been a thorn in their side for far too long, and the Chairman vows the bounty hunter will soon just be one more casualty. Then we are on Earth, in the city of New Gallif. It's night, and Mercy is perched on a rooftop, watching the street below. She sees her quarry accost a woman in an alley, and Mercy leaps quickly and easily pins her target to the ground. She drags him to the precinct, where her uncle, Lieutenant Alex St. Clair, comments that it's her third bounty in the last week. He's curious about what this pace means. Mercy doesn't share the story Jason Bolt told her about her mother being a member of Rigel in the past, but she asks her uncle a few questions, and is very interested when he mentions that before she was born, her mother was sometimes away for days or weeks at a time, working on social causes and charity cases. Now Mercy can't help but imagine her mother being on assignments for Rigel during those times she was away. Mercy and Molly are having dinner together that night, and Molly finds Mercy standing on the balcony, staring out at the stars in the night sky. Molly tells Mercy she knows something is up. She can tell that Mercy is planning to go back into space to pursue the leads about her mother that she got from Bolt and Wisu. But Molly isn't letting her go alone this time. Molly has gotten an offer to sell her music shop, and she's been thinking of trying to play her own music again, and she thinks it would be a good idea to try her luck out in the stars. So Molly tells Mercy she's going to be her travel buddy, regardless of the precedent set last time they were travel buddies when the train they were on exploded. Next, we find ourselves on a frontier planet in Chapel Town, a small, dusty town that looks like it could be used as the set for an old Western movie. And to top it off, we come in in the middle of a bar fight, where everyone seems to be ganging up on a tall, muscular man in an odd hat and a long, flowing coat. Despite the numbers, the man is holding his own, when suddenly a laser blast brings everything to a stop. It's Mercy St. Clair, standing in the doorway, holding a smoldering blaster. While most of the brawlers seem quick to comply with the blaster fire, Mercy finds herself facing the tall man in the hat and long coat, and he tells her he's the sheriff and she needs to drop her weapons. As she holsters her weapons and starts to explain she's a licensed bounty hunter, she suddenly finds herself uncontrollably attracted to the sheriff. She then realizes he's a jackanite who gives off powerful chemical pheromones. Mercy fights the chemical reaction to gain control of her feelings. The sheriff puts handcuffs on the four men involved in the brawl and takes them into custody. 
They're the men Mercy has been tracking, and she wants to question them about Rigel. But the sheriff tells her she has no jurisdiction in Chapeltown, and he's already received instructions to hold the men to be picked up by council agents. Later that day, Mercy arrives back at the small, rustic house she's sharing with Molly on the outskirts of town. She walks in to find Molly giving Scuff his dinner, and Mercy immediately starts complaining about the small-town sheriff who won't let her question the suspects since her license hasn't cleared locally. Of course, that just means she has to sneak out later that night to break into the jail to question the men. She breaks into the building and notices a roller is missing from the garage. It's clear that someone rode off on it in haste. That puts Mercy on edge, as she continues to make her way through the dark corridors toward the cells. But there, she finds blood everywhere, and all four of the men are dead. Just then, the sheriff comes up behind her with his weapons drawn and accuses her of sneaking in and killing his prisoners. Mercy points out that her weapons haven't been fired, and besides that, none of her weapons could have made the odd-looking wounds all four of the bodies have in their skulls. She also mentions the missing roller and suggests whoever took that transport is the real killer, and he should welcome her assistance in tracking them down. The sheriff agrees, and the two are quickly off on a skimmer. As the sheriff pilots the skimmer, Mercy watches ahead for signs of their quarry, but at the same time she has to constantly fight the involuntary chemical reaction she's having from being so close to the sheriff. In the distance, they see a small ship launch into the sky and realize the assassin must have had a ship hidden in the wilderness. The sheriff fires at the ship, and Mercy is impressed with the accuracy of his shot, but they're too far away for it to be effective. Mercy grabs the controls and pulls the skimmer up into a steep angle toward the escaping cruiser. The impact sends both vehicles plummeting toward the desert below, but thanks to Mercy's piloting skills, she and the sheriff survive the impact. As she reaches down to help him to his feet, he tells her he's tired of hearing her call him Cactus, which is the nickname she's been using. The two began a long climb toward the summit of a rocky hill where they saw the cruiser crash. The heat is oppressive, and Mercy is thankful to see some cloud cover move in. But the sheriff tells her that isn't a good sign because it means a cloud burst is coming. Rain begins to pour down and quickly turns the dry, sandy ground into a slippery river of mud. The two lose their footing and begin to slide down the side of the mountain, but Mercy grabs hold of the sheriff with one hand and fires her reeler with the other, anchoring them to a rocky outcrop. The rain ends as suddenly as it began, and the intense heat quickly returns. As the two collect their belongings, the sheriff comments that their weapons are useless now because they're full of mud. A man steps out from behind a rocky outcrop with his weapon drawn. That was just what he wanted to hear. He's Special Agent Rollo from the council, and his weapon is working fine. He's also carrying a golden orb, which has a strange-looking attachment, and the two recognize that it left the odd wounds in the men's skulls in the jail. It was used to extract information directly from the men's brains to return to the council. The sheriff makes a quick move to jump the agent, but the agent's fast and fires his pistol. However, just then the sheriff slips in the mud, and luckily the blast only grazes him. Mercy takes the opportunity to use her scarf like a rope and lassoes Rolo's arm and pulls him violently off his feet. The agent is dead before he hits the ground. Mercy picks up the orb and hands it to the sheriff, but he tells her to keep it. He doesn't really feel like helping out the council after the way they've manipulated him during this adventure. If it can help Mercy, he's fine with her taking it. 
He steps toward Mercy and looks her in the eyes and pulls her in for a kiss and tells her his name is Pell. For a moment, Mercy feels overwhelmed, but then she realizes that she's been wrong about everything all along. She needs to leave as soon as possible because she has somewhere else she needs to be. Back at their home, Molly is waiting and worrying. She's talking to Scuff and trying to convince herself that everything is fine. Then she hears a noise and races to the door to find an exhausted Mercy in the doorway. Mercy takes Molly by the hand and pulls her close and kisses her as Scuff watches in wonder. The cover features trekker Mercy Sinclair perched atop a rocky outcrop staring into the distance. Sheriff Pell is behind her and on the alert. It's a terrific image by Ron Randall, and the excellent colors by Jeremy Colwell really show off the sandy and rocky desert terrain and the stunning ring planet on the horizon. The spot gloss effect, which was one of the successful stretch goals during the Kickstarter campaign, makes Mercy look like she's ready to leap off the page. The early part of this book really works well as a transition story. It's interesting the way the story starts with a two-page scene of Jekka and Wisu. That is actually something that wasn't in the original version posted at the Trekker comic website. Ron added those two pages later, which helps connect this story to the Rites of Passage. That's a good idea, since there was a longer period of time between the publication of Rites of Passage in Chapeltown than Ron originally intended, and also because of the shorter Volstock payoff story that falls between the two longer stories. We also get a brief reminder of the Council and the fact that Mercy is beginning to attract their attention, and that will lead to more developments in stories to come. We then visit New Gellif for a reminder of Mercy's life up to this point, and we have a nice visit with Uncle Alex and a mention of Lasmusi. Then Molly announces she's selling her music shop and going off into space with Mercy, and our Trekker adventures transition to a new phase of Mercy's story. This story is another great example of how Ron created such a varied world in Trekker. Sci-fi stories, film noir-style stories, and westerns all fit into the world of Trekker. Sheriff Pell is a particularly fun character who would fit perfectly in a western, and it's great to get to know him in this adventure. And for those of you out there who haven't read some of the more recent stories, we'll just say that you haven't seen the last of Sheriff Pell. The chemical pheromones that Pell gives off remind me lots of a couple of episodes of the classic Star Trek series, including Mud's Women and A Lawn of Troyes, which are both great episodes. It's a fun little element to the story here, and one that makes Mercy realize her feelings definitely lie elsewhere. This step in Mercy and Molly's relationship always made sense to us, and when you look back at the earlier stories, you realize that Ron had been building up to this for a long time. It even explains Mercy's conflict-filled relationship with Paul Clemens. She, herself, never fully understood why she didn't feel stronger emotions for him, and this is one part of that explanation. It was a slow burn, but definitely worth the wait. This double-length story is packed with terrific art that really helps move the story along at a great pace. The title page in New Gellif, when Mercy pins the perpetrator to the ground, is very dynamic and gets it off to a great start. The page of Mercy and Molly on the balcony deciding to leave New Gellif is beautiful. I love the way the characters look, as well as the cityscape in the night sky. The double-page spread of the brawl when we first meet Sheriff Pell is terrific, and you can feel the punch that Pell is throwing. The very next page features a wonderful image of Mercy at the top of the page, holding her weapons. It's such a great image that Ron used it for some of the Kickstarter promotional posts during the campaign. The image of Sheriff Pell with his weapons drawn on the next page is another great panel, 
It looks very three-dimensional. Another page that looks three-dimensional is when Pell finds Mercy in the jail cell. Mercy is in the foreground and looks off-balance, which helps illustrate how she's been caught by surprise. The pages of the skimmer chase across the desert are really nicely done. There's lots of variety to the layouts and perspectives throughout those pages. I like the page where Mercy uses her scarf to lasso the agent. It's always great seeing her being so resourceful. And I really like the night scene in the desert with Mercy and Pell. I like the way Ron starts with a distance shot at the top of the page, and you can see their small fire in the distance. And then Ron slowly pulls in closer in each successive panel. And of course, those last few pages of Mercy arriving back home to find Molly waiting for her are just beautiful. And Ron conveys their feelings so well. And that final splash page of Mercy, Molly, and Scuff is simply wonderful. Next up is Trekker Transmissions, where we share the listener feedback we've received since last time when we interviewed Ron Randall. Your feedback adds so much to the show, so a big thank you to everyone who took the time to write or to get in touch through social media. First, we want to give a special thanks to all those fans who joined in on the coordinated effort to surprise Ron Randall on the launch of his latest Kickstarter. It all started with Ron's good friend Carl Kiesel asking Giancarlo Bernal to do a very cute chibi drawing of Mercy and then asking fans to change their profile pictures on social media to use that image the day the Kickstarter launched. Here's what Ron said about it on his campaign update later that day. Ron said, I was completely unprepared for the true magnitude of the surprises I was in for. Out of nowhere, the adorable image of Mercy, drawn by staggeringly talented Giancarlo Bernal, began popping up all over the internet. The plot I have come to tease out was masterminded by my good buddy and amazing fellow Kickstarter creator Carl Kiesel and orchestrated by Darren and Ruth Sutherland at Trekker Talk. Somehow they convinced a small army of Trekker readers to share this image and the new campaign seemingly everywhere. I was literally stunned. My Facebook and Twitter feeds were overwhelmed with a flood of posts and tweets. And boy, did that stunt work. Boy, did all of your thoughtful words and genuine enthusiasm pay off. It was so much fun to see fans on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all joining in. And it was really fun to see how surprised Ron was by all of the support. And response to our last episode was so nice. John Baker wrote in about the episode and said, There's always something special about listening to Ron Randall talk about his Kickstarter projects. This new one looks like it's going to be something special, and Ron's passion and devotion to Mercy St. Clair and her adventures is always a pleasure. So glad you enjoyed the conversation, John, and you are always so sweet. Thank you. Vic Sage was excited when the episode posted and said, A new Trekker Talk episode and news of a Kickstarter. Seems like a pretty great day to me. Thank you, Vic. Mark, a.k.a. Green Lantern HG Hal Jordan, is a big fan of Ron's comic creations. He enjoyed the interview and wrote to say, Great episode and a fantastic guest. Ron should be part of the show from now on. That's a great idea, Mark. And Tim Price sent in a note saying, Always great to hear Ron on the show. It's just delightful hearing the three of you talk about Trekker. Looking forward to the new book. Thanks, Tim. Ron Randall also sent a note to thank us for interviewing him about Hunter's Moon, saying, It's always such a delight to visit with you. Thank you for all of the support for Mercy, Molly, and their crew. Oh, and Scuff, of course. And Lynn Randall sent a note saying, Bravo, to let us know how much she enjoyed the little video we made to promote the episode. Thank you, Lynn. A big thank you to everyone for those great comments. And we want to give a shout out to Bad For Your Health Entertainment on Facebook 
Host Tom and Dunzilla had Ron Randall on a recent episode to chat about Trekker, and we had the chance to exchange some fun messages with him afterwards. We definitely recommend checking out their fun page on Facebook. Next, we want to extend our Trekker thanks to everyone who supported us on social media since last episode. These are people who liked or shared posts from us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we sincerely appreciate all of your support. Before we start, let me say if we miss a name, please let us know and we'll correct it in the next episode. And also forgive us if we mispronounce your name. Just email us and let us know and we'll correct that next time as well. Aaron Moses, Austin Appleby, Benito Tavar, Brian Ng, Brian Mulvey, Chris at BTO and Bat Books of the Professor Frenzy Show, Clinton Robson of Coffee and Comics, Creator Talks with Christopher Calway, Colin Stapleton of the Worst Comics Podcast Ever, Derek William Crabb of the Fanholes Podcast and the History of Comics on Film, Dr. G, Man of Nerdology of the Pulp to Pixel Podcast, Ed and Terry Moore of Till Productions, Eric Rivera, Jerry Green of the Professor Frenzy Show, Green Lantern HG, a.k.a. Hal Jordan, Greg Espinoza, Jared Albrook, the Yard Cell Artist, Jeff and Rick Present, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, Joe Crawford of the Blog for the Non-Discerning Reader, John Baker, who does sci-fi TV reviews at 3 of By Space and Beyond the Rim, John Copenhaver, Karen Williams of the Sweet Between the Pages blog, Katie Artistry of After the Shifting, Artist Ken Solo, Lori Sutton, former DC editor and Dragon Con friend, Longbox Crusade podcast with Pat, Jared, Jason, and Delvin, Michael Frizzell, Michael Lane of Comics in the Golden Age, Michael Wheeler, Monty Nero, Paul Hicks of Waiting for Doom and The Gary Show, Philip Axo, Randy Andrews, the sci-fi guy of Soundtrack Alley, Randy Hall, Rashid Dukes, Roger Caldwell, Ron and Lynn Randall, Ruth Rice, Sean Ross of the Pulp to Pixel podcast and the Secret Wars podcast, Terrence Simpson, Podcrasher Tim Price from The Outcasters, Tom Smith of Bad for Your Health Entertainment, Vic Sage of the Retroist and Radio Memories podcasts, William Payne, and Zeb Oswald. It's time for the Trekker Toast Award, where we recognize someone who has gone above and beyond in supporting Trekker Talk. This person consistently shares the joy he finds in Ron Randall's Trekker in the world of comics. His high level of energy and kindness is remarkable. He is a wonderful supporter and promotes our podcasts on social media, encouraging others to try out our shows. We've been fortunate to meet up with him a few times at conventions over the years, and it's always fun to hang out. So we lift up our glasses and give a thankful Trekker toast to Tim Price, a.k.a. The Podcrasher. He got that nickname from guesting on so many podcasts over the years, and he's now regularly hosting The Outcasters with Ashford over at thehuntresspodcast.com. Congratulations, Tim. We really appreciate your positive energy and ongoing support for all of our different podcasts, and we always love reading your comments about Trekker. Thank you so much, Tim. And we'll be right back after we play a promo for another podcast that you might enjoy. The Justice League wouldn't help him, so Batman formed a new team. These people of power are all looking for something, be it their past, or a purpose, or simply somewhere to fit in. These are the heroes for a troubled age. They are the Outsiders. We are the Outsiders! Covering Mike W. Barr's 1983 series from the very beginning as they face villains no other team can. 
like Agent Orange, the Force of July, and the Nuclear Family. <laughs> Puns. This is The Outcasters, a Batman and the Outsiders podcast. Look for us with The Huntress Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Or listen at our website, thehuntresspodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at BatOutcasters. We are The Outcasters, because to live outside the law, you must be honest. Before we go, we want to provide our contact information. Please let us know your thoughts through email, Facebook, or Twitter. If you want to contact us directly or have something you would like to have read on the show, then please send an email to trekkertalk at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using the name trekkertalk. And you can visit our website for links to all of our social media pages. And that web address is trekkertalk.com. Thank you, Charlotte and Catherine of the excellent Mark's Mess podcast for that clip. You can listen to our show through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And all of our episodes are always available at trekkertalk.com and at radadventuresnetwork.com. You can also find the show on YouTube as part of the Rad Adventures Network. That's Rad, R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. On the Rad Adventures YouTube channel, you'll find all of the episodes of all of our podcasts, including Trekker Talk, as well as Xenozoic Xenophiles about the Cadillacs and Dinosaurs series Xenozoic Tales by Mark Schultz, and Warlord Worlds about the comic creations of Mike Grell, including The Warlord, John Sable, and Green Arrow. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review. Every review helps the podcast be more likely to show up in search results. And on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe to the channel and give us some likes on the videos. Remember, at trekkercomic.com, you'll find a new page of material every Monday, as well as links to all of the ways you can find Ron Randall. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you'll come back next time for another new episode of Trekker Talk. Talk is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. For more information, visit comicspodcast.com. We are not affiliated with Dark Horse Comics or Ron Randall. The views expressed on the show are solely ours. Music is taken from the album Royalty Free Music, Movies, and Videos from the Royalty Free Music Club. We make no money from this podcast and no copyright infringement is intended. Music